Welcome, everybody, over on the interwebs. Welcome to the episode of Fighting the Void. I am here today, sans Crystal, unfortunately. She had to uh, wait for her voice to come back to her. It's It left. Good thing she's normally a writer and not somebody who has to talk professionally. She's a writer. She doesn't really need a voice. So, But hopefully it comes back by next week. Uh, because uh, before we get started and properly introduce my guest here, uh, a little housekeeping. I'm going to be gone for a couple of weeks, but don't worry, we're still going to be here. By we, I mean Crystal, and we're going to have our good friend Red come in and help co-host the show so that we keep the ball rolling. And let's face it, Red's pretty dang entertaining. So if you don't have, if you're bored, don't know what else to do, or even if you do know what else to do, drop that and tune in next week to see uh, Red and Crystal talk about whatever as uh, you know. I know my place and follow the advice of my good buddy, Eric Swalwell, and pass the mic to the women so they can talk about whatever it is that they want to talk about. I hope everybody picked up the dripping sarcasm. Anyway, uh, <laughs> my guest here clearly did. Uh, today I have with us Varick the Sarcastic Jew, also known as Born at Born German on Twitters. And he kind of reached out wanting to talk about being a millennial that hasn't totally lost his freaking mind, unlike a vast number of his generation apparently has. And how does one maintain one's sanity, especially when you intentionally, intentionally delve into the world of political Twitter? Derek, what the hell is wrong with you? Lots of things along with me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I did intentionally delve into the world of Twitter. I did this willingly. Yep, and you, and you have found out that it is, in fact potentially the biggest dumpster fire on the planet because only the best and brightest come onto Twitter to discuss politics. Oh yes. It's always the best and brightest. You get okay. the best arguments. Oh, the best arguments. Oh man. There's so many good ones, especially when it comes to something like abortion, all the best arguments happen around that particular issue. All, all that, that particular issue, because, you know, i never would have thought of the fact that, um, Masturbation is is essentially the same thing as genocide if it wasn't for Twitter leftists. <laughs> oh yeah, did not know that whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard that. I'm like, you, you must you be joking. How, are you do, like, do you are you trolling me or are you this idiotic? I don't. I honestly don't know. <laughs> clearly, someone hasn't been taught the birds and the bees. Yes, yes, or or they're trolling. I want to be charitable. I think that maybe they're being sarcastic and thinking they're going to trip us up. Maybe. Anyway. But anyway, back to, you know, let's, let's define our terms a little bit. When we talk about millennial, what do we, what do we mean by millennial? What do you mean by millennial? Like from what I read from like places like Pew Research, it's usually people born in like in the late eighties to, to, kind of like the turn of the millennium like 90 kind of cutoff date i was i think from pew research is like 96 97 okay. so it's like right near the like turn of the millennium gotcha okay so right right before right right before we clicked over and dodged that nasty y2k bug <laughs> that's when it essentially turns over to gen z and you just yeah like why yeah. and you just barely barely meet that cutoff line Yes. All right. If only yes, I just need to wait one more year, and I probably could have skipped being called a being having this millennial term over my head. Well, you know, fortunately, it, it, it's okay. We're we're accepting of all kinds here. This is a safe space. Yay, <laughs> safe space. And well, you know, I mean, I, let's face it, your generation in, invented that term. So, yeah, yeah I expect you to apologize for. I'm just behalf I'm of your sorry. generation, and I, introducing I and introducing uh, adult coloring books into the world. I will profusely apologize for my generation. I am sorry. <laughs> Although that might, I don't know, the color book coloring book thing that might have been my generation. I don't know. That might have been that might have been the Gen Zs who decided the world needed that. Certainly, we're the ones who decided to produce it and sell it. Yeah, that is, that is true. And so for that, all my I person. apologize. <laughs> yeah, it's not all millennials' faults. There were some things that we didn't do. Well, you know, as just as we were discussing, well, um, we won't we won't get there get there just yet. That's jumping ahead of ourselves. Um, um, 
so okay so you're a not insane and, and I'll, I'll vouch for this i'll i'll definitely take your side on this you are a not insane millennial because i've followed you on twitter for a while and everything and sure enough Varric is not a mind-boggling idiot okay this is good <laughs> so, so but tell, what would you i just tell quincy jokes that's okay that's okay. It's a lot. You're allowed to tell cringy jokes, even though presumably you're not a dad yet. Uh, but I, I can definitely say that cringy jokes are just fine being a dad and being, if I may say so, a master of the dad joke. <laughs> so what, what would you classify as an insane millennial? People who push for stuff like socialism. Okay, okay. Um, what else you got? The uh, uh, people who strip naked in the streets to protest. <laughs> okay, yeah. Now, no, see, that's full on crazy. Yeah, I, I, I love the, uh, I love the modern millennial feminist who's like, I know how to own the patriarchy. I'm gonna get naked and walk down the street. I'm pretty sure the patriarchy is whipping out their smartphones and taking yeah. pictures. You moron. <laughs> I'm yeah. It's like, are you kidding me? Especially, well, I don't even know what her name was. I literally never heard of her. Some actress who uh, did some nude photo thing to own the patriarchy. No, I don't mean Lena Dunham. I mean one that actually was in fact very attractive. <laughs> I don't remember what her name I don't, don't remember what his name was. I saw the lot I saw the story on the Daily Wire, and uh, the picture was circulating all the heck over Twitter for a couple of days, and then it, you know, like everything else to these days, it just disappeared. Yeah, the, the only one I could think of is that British lady who posted videos of her on Twitter completely in the nude. Ah, I don't even know about that one. It was like around that time when Trump was about to was when Trump was heading over there. Oh, okay, okay, that's. That's a little more reason. This is like this is like ancient history. This is at least three weeks old. <laughs> oh yeah, that that's that's like a million years ago in Twitter time. Oh, I know, I know. It's, it, but it, people like that. It's like you, um, the sort of toxic males that you're always concerned with. You're doing them a favor, you dummy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, why? What makes, I honestly don't get what makes anyone think that's a good idea. It may honestly be the clearest example of just how delusional they really are. Yeah, it's the amount of mental gymnastics required to justify just going out in the street to say, I'm going to protest people sexualizing the woman body by showing everyone my body. Right, right. That will it, definitely, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. That will definitely. <laughs> stop people from viewing from just viewing you as a sex object. Yep. Go with that. Go with that. Yeah. So uh, we've got socialism. We've got running naked through the streets. Um, I'm presuming you've never, uh, you know, run naked down the streets yourself to own the matriarchy. No, uh, well, not yet. It's on the bucket list though. At some point. On the bucket list. All right. <laughs> oh, like when I'm like 70 and senile, just, when you're set okay 70 and 70 and see now well i'll look i'll look for that on whatever the uh, latest social media app is by the time you're 70 which uh, that assumes i'm still alive yeah, you'll probably just be <laughs> a brain in the jaw at that point <laughs> i may well be so then again who knows maybe we'll figure out the uh how to turn off the aging genes and who knows maybe i'll live to 500 yeah. you never know yeah okay so first of all what on earth do you, uh, you know, looking at it kind of from the inside, what what would you say is the cause of the millennial insanity? You know, thinking things like stripping naked and, and go uh, to own the patriarchy or whatever is a good idea. Or um, uh, you, you mentioned the sudden the seemingly at least sudden embrace of socialism uh or the the very strong acceptance apparently of the whole global the whole uh climate change agenda and you know we're, we're all gonna die like 
in 10 years or something like that if we don't do something. Uh, what on earth, especially since we've been through all of this before, what on earth is causing this for with, with, with this generation? I think it's a mixture of just like rebellion. Like, because mm-hmm. the, the younger generation always rebels against the old generation. So it would seem. But, yeah. w- but with the adaptation of like social media and stuff, it kind of amplified that to the point where, it, okay. where instead of like the people starting to like, slowly come down to like a mm-hmm. more reasonable level as they reach like the 30s and such, like almost mm-hmm. start reaching their like 20s and 30s. Yeah. But with the advent of social media, it kind of just keeps going. It's like a never ending snow, never ending snowball. Yeah, yeah. So essentially, social media just amplifies it. It amplifies the the rebellion tendencies. But why rebel in the particular directions? Especially when a fairly cursory search of uh, of history, for example, will be like, oh, so that's what socialism does. <laughs> I'm I'm not sure why it's particularly went in this direction. But mm-hmm. that that's probably something you can like look look into a bit more is like why um yeah my the millennial specifically went this direct went went the direction of socialism. Right. Yeah, it's been a discussion with uh people at work. Uh I, I used to discuss it a lot with one coworker who's kinda of on the on the older spectrum of, of millennials. He's in his he's in his thirties. And he was just talking about it, like why? Why is so many people doing this? I mean, don't they know anything about the so- is Soviet Union and, and all of that? I'm like, honestly, no, they don't. They don't know anything about it. To them, it's just a story. They, they're not old enough to, to remember it at all. And if they're not taught it, socialism goes back to, hey, it's just a theory that I read on paper somewhere. And I don't like the way certain things are now. So therefore, let's try this. This just sounds fantastic. Yeah, you know, when it comes to the you know, when it comes to the Soviet Union, since the only thing anyone has ever taught about the Soviet Union is that they fought the Nazis in World War II, a lot of my generation has seemed to assume that means they were the good guys. Okay, hold on. Like literally, that's that's like all you got about the Soviet Union in school. Yeah, for like for the most part, well, I know since I'm a massive history nerd, I've I've always asked questions and have the teacher delve more into it. But mm-hmm. from what I've seen, like the main thing everyone focuses on in history class class when I was in high school was mainly just World War Two and Nazis bad, wow. allies including the Soviet Union good. Wow. Okay. So that explains a lot of it right there. It really is just a ton, massive dose of ignorance. And it's ignorance, frankly, fostered by my generation because that's who's in the teach. That that and some a few boomers still hanging on are the ones that are in the classrooms. Well, actually, when the older millennials are going through, it's still a lot of boomers. <laughs> yeah. Which, in and of itself, is crazy because they're old enough to know better. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's mainly the like remnants of the hippies, but the kid but if the kids don't rebel they always become more radical than the parents so it's that's also kind of a never ending snowball you know it, that's actually something interesting uh especially the way you just presented it in a way they're not rebelling in a way they're going along with exactly what they're taught it might be rebelling against what their parents what their parents tell them but it's not going they're not re- getting rebel they're not rebelling against what they're taught in school and by the culture in general, they're actually just kicking it up a notch. Yeah. Which that in in itself is very interesting because, and they're rebelling against certain institutions and everything by saying they want sometimes the same institutions to have more power to, but to do the things they want, of course. Which again, yeah, it's... gets back to the socialism or the, uh, the 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 banning the banning of of guns and all of that jazz. So, yeah, it's strange. As you said, mental gymnastics, really. Yeah, it is. A, I really cannot understand the mental gymnastics. Some, a lot of members of my generation go through to justify like a lot of contradictions. Like, we want more freedom, but we want the freedom to do whatever we want, but we want the government to be bigger. 
Yeah, to like be able to just talk, to be able to just dictate so many minor things. Like, uh, I was, I, I was, I was, I, I was at a family get together earlier today, and we were talking. You know, I kind of asked my uncle, "It's like, hey, how's you know, how's work going?" He's he's literally only had one job his whole life. He has been the maintenance guy at this um, kind of industrial bakery, literally forever. You know, he like walked in there at sixteen, and he's he's been he's been their guy ever since. And he was just asked him how it's going, and he's just talking about how it's changed so much over the last few years, just the number of forms and everything, how much time he's got to spend on paperwork documenting the work that he has to do. And it's all to fulfill some stupid government regulation. You know, it's, it's just crazy. It's like at this point, this job has stopped being fun a long time ago. And um, my dad also brought up, um, he works, he does work with like the, uh, the American Legion and runs a lot of raffles and that sort of thing. And he was just talking about the amount of regulations they got to deal with just for just to run a freaking raffle to submit paperwork to the gaming commission. Um, just as an example, uh, they were doing recently doing a raffle for a shotgun and they had, you know, one ticket was $5. I mean, you, you, you could get, you, you could get a ticket one for $5 or five for 20. Well, the rule said you had to have uh, sep totally separate tickets. So here's if somebody gets the five for twenty deal, they get from tickets from this pile. Somebody gets, you know, just one or two tickets, they get them from this pile. And then, of course, there's a whole different set of forms and reconciliations that have to be done. It's just like you have to do that kind of thing for just about anything now to satisfy yeah, okay. federal regulations for a raffle run at a private club in random small town. <laughs> yeah, like I work at like a power, like a outdoor power sports store. Like we sell like motorcycles, UTVs, ATVs, okay. jet skis, all that stuff. Every now and then we get like a box that says like not legal in California, not legal here, or like legal in like 48 yep. of 50 states. Mm-hmm because of like emission regulations and they all have all these like emission stickers like and like all sorts of other like emission related stuff and just i'm i'm kind of happy i don't have to deal with that paperwork because i'm pretty sure that yeah. would be insane to deal with yeah i i, I you know i've mentioned I, I i've mentioned before on the show that i work in the nuclear industry and yeah uh one expects a fair amount of paperwork there but it's only gotten worse over the years it's long past the point of actually contributing anything and just it, it, it's been at the point for years now where it just makes more headaches than it's worth <laughs> so, you know oh we've got there's like 600 or so people that work like our actual permanent employees at my plant about half of them no more than half are yeah, I think more than half. I think that's fair. Are they're just they're in cubicles pushing papers. That's it. <laughs> you need 300 people just to run the paperwork at a nuclear I, power plant. Yeah. yeah. That sounds mind-numbingly insane. Just It is in fact mind-numbingly insane. It most certainly is. It's I want to bang my head against the wall just thinking about it. Yeah. So the idea that you want to give government more power to regulate more things, it's like, honestly, it's, it's, it's like, you don't like you, the government can tell me how to do everything it wants just so long as I can eat. So long as I can drive and go see all the crazy movies they want. So, you know, Basically, I don't want the I want the government to affirm all of my personal choices, no matter how insane they are. If I decide I want to get married to the, the to my pet goat in the backyard, I want I want to I want it to have visitation rights at the hospital. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's just it. It's not it's not that if they just wanted to be left alone to do whatever they want, okay, fine. You know, I'll I'll I, I probably won't agree with ninety percent of what they'd want to do. And, and would and would think no, that's that's wrong. Thou shalt not. But uh, from a legal perspective, I don't care. 
I'm not going to come banging on your house and tell you, hey, get that out of that goat. I, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like, uh, yeah, um, you're not coming over for dinner, but anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> but it, you know, at this, at, but they don't want to just be left alone. They want to be affirmed in everything they want to do. So it's like, they want, because this is typically the thing. They just want to, you know, they don't want people to tell them what to do here, there and everything. No, 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 that's not it. They wanted to be left alone. They would have shut up a long time ago. They just want everything to be affirmed and everything to be subsidized and enabled by everybody. That's the thing. It's almost like it's a generation that's been told about nothing except the importance of self-esteem. And yes. there have been more, you know, the uh, I haven't seen it myself, but the uh, that movie Waiting for Superman, it's about kind of the public school system. And how jacked up it is. There is a line in there that basically says, yep, our academics are amongst the worst in the developed world, but by golly, our kids score high on self-esteem. Yay. Yay. I am absolutely confident that I know what I'm doing, even though there's zero evidence to support that confidence whatsoever. Yeah. Is, yeah, my generation is, what a, is insanely egotistical and has zero self-esteem whatsoever right because the, the the egotistical is that they believe my generation believes they are right mm -hmm. but at the same time they constantly need someone to affirm them someone to, yeah like, it is so it's like someone to side with them and if someone doesn't side with them on any issue it's a personal attack it, yeah well yeah you've got like you know you know homosexuals and trannies saying it's like if you think if you say no that's that's wrong you're not just having a, dis a disagreement about moral principles you're like you're denying my existence but that's that's not what i said <laughs> at all i i can see that you exist you're, you're right there in front of me and you're claiming to be gendered number 57 over here <laughs> you know it's okay fine i i i get that i'm just saying you're bonkers <laughs> you know what, what you need is that how, how would you get how would you get gender confirmation surgery for that anyway i don't understand <laughs> yeah i don't understand the, what they've done to the whole gender yeah thing. yeah that's a whole I've, that's I've a whole lost, different episode man <laughs> yeah i lost track of that a long time ago yeah no kidding uh it's but yes you bring up a good point extremely egotistical and like absolutely high on the notion of self-esteem, but seemingly actually having none because they constantly need to be pumped up. It's like they know they it's like it's like they know that at the at the end of the day, it's all fake. It's all it's all a facade in a way. It's all a, a trying to trying to fill a void that they don't know how to fill. They just know what's there, and they figure if just enough people, if if enough people affirm them, eventually they'll feel better. It's so strange and sad. Uh, we wonder why there are so many mental health issues uh, these days. It's like, yeah, it's because um, yeah. you're told you're awesome, but and you desperately want to believe it, but you know you're not, but you don't want to be the work to actually be. You don't want to do the work to actually be awesome because you've been inundated with the idea that. And again, this is my generation and the and the boomers' fault. They've been inundated with the idea that they should just always expect more. And expect more for doing less. And I'm sorry, we've we, we can't have any more of that. We're little we're literally full of that particular line of BS. <laughs> yeah, and if you actually look at like the way technology has evolved over the last just decade, it's really kind of followed that trend of wanting more for less. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And that has indeed provided many great and wonderful things. I mean, the fact that we can have this conversation the way we're having it. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the fact that either of us even knows the other one exists is essentially thanks no, to yeah. the technological developments. So, and that's a that's a great thing. Uh, as but it's also, of course, created its own it, it, its own can of worms because nothing nothing happens without trade offs. There's always for everything you gain, you're probably losing something somewhere. It's just sometimes it's a question of is it worth a trade or not? 
<laughs> but uh, so, but you're a sane millennial. We just talked about how insane millennials are for a little bit. But you, sir, uh, consider yourself sane. And again, I support this claim. How on earth do you maintain your sanity? How, how did you not go? How did you not like come to the edge of the cliff with the rest of the lemmings and go, you know what? I'm not doing that. That just seems like a dumb idea. <laughs> well, I think the reason why I didn't like fall for like the whole socialism thing is that if you follow me on Twitter, you know I am a massive history nerd. I just enjoy reading history. So mm-hmm. like, I know the history of that ideology and just how evil it is. Mm-hmm. And also just I like just through the like personal stuff, I, I don't really trust people I know that much. So I didn't really trust the government that much. So I didn't want to give them more power. Fair especially enough. as like I like when I turned 18 and I was like, okay, I'm gonna like, actually like see who's running and what this whole election's all about. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess last, the fact that this I last presidential election was the first one. This this last presidential election was the first one you were able to vote in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Um, it's all right, but yeah, that, yeah. This, the 2016 was the first presidential election I was able to vote in, and I did not like my choices either way. Yeah, you know, I've seen I've seen better choices. I, I, I really have, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, I was. I mean, I was. Kind of, I was hopeful doing the primaries, but as it like got narrowed down, like, uh, this is gonna be eeny meeny money mo, isn't it? Were you a cruise guy or a rand guy? Cruise, cruise. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, most people I talk to, why are probably one or the other. They were either def hardcore cruise or hardcore rand, and like, oh, Trump, really? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Why? Yeah, but and now every, we gotta deal with him. And then everyone's like, and then there's the Wicked Witch of the East. Yeah. Uh, I guess we'll go with the blowhard. <laughs> yeah, let's go with the guy with the funny hair. Yep. Yep, we'll go with the blowhard Carney Barker. And, well, it could have been worse. Yeah. I would say so so far I would definitely say his presidency could be worse than it is but it could also be a lot better. <laughs> yeah, like I honestly think maybe Trump's presidency if he was just elected for a single term would be like one of those inconsequential presidencies to like how the US has like many inconsequential presidents like no one remembers them. I I think like if the way Trump's going especially if he's only elected for one term he might be seen as that in the future at some point yeah i don't really see a lot of things happening other than because stuff on twitter but that would disappear yeah it, exactly there's i mean there's some stuff some small stuff that's gone on that are good things here and there but it was like i guess lot- nothing he can really supplant his legacy on like the presidents that we remembered to have yeah yeah, I don't think he's going to wind up, unfortunately, I don't think he's going to wind up being like the nice gold standard everyone measures themselves against, you know, the way Reagan has been for such a long time. Yeah. And, yeah. and by golly, we need a new gold standard besides Reagan for crying out loud, because that's it's, it's been a little while. <laughs> yeah. And just even in like in the, I guess you say like the cons- conservative right-wing movement movement it is i don't think there's there's people still a lot of infight on like what's the gold standard that people should try to like adhere to for this yeah. situation and there's, there's a, like, a lot of gold standard yeah well of course there's a ma- there's lots of debates going on on the right uh even as we speak you know just about exactly what should be our our standard you've got the you know, you've got the social social and fiscal conservatives. You've got the... You've actually got a lot of social conservatives that have kind of made common cause with the right um, because of how where the Democrats have gone. But they're still pretty fiscally liberal. Uh, you've got the... You've got libertarians that are just kind of... You know, they, there's a libertarian camp for just about any position you, you want to take. Uh, 
you know, the, the one thing they mostly all agree on is small government, but you know, some of them, of course, go as far as it goes so far as anarchy. Others are yeah. more like they're really concerned. They're really just conservatives who are probably socially liberal, at least in terms of policy. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's just, and there's just so many of these debates on the right. And then of course you have kind of the fake conservatives, which I think makes up the bulk of the Republican party right now. You know, the act, the actual official party, most of the guys in office, they're fake conservatives. They, yeah, they don't even like, really try. Yeah. I think like people have realized the Republican party has, isn't a conservative party. No. It's a, it's like just like a modem that the conservatives have been using. Because if I remember correctly, Reagan had to kind of like lead a, almost lead a rebellion against the Republicans in order for him to get himself elected. Yeah, actually. Yeah, he had to kind of uh, change change the game a little bit, and he, he was fighting the establishment. And that's where, you know, uh, comparisons between him and Trump are relevant. That, you know, they both had to seriously buck the establishment to get in. Uh, I just wish Trump was a little bit better at continuing to fight the establishment through some means other than uh, mean tweets at 3 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> but here we are. So, but now it can't just be because there's a there's a ton of social pressure out there. So it, it, it can't just be, you know, I like to read history. So that's what's kept my sanity. <laughs> uh, what, what else would you say has contributed to act, actually kept you from kind of falling off the rocker as a millennial? Well, I, I, I wouldn't say I had a, had a sheltered life, sheltered life. I wouldn't say that, but mm -hmm. since I wasn't like in a military family, I did move a lot. So I've always only had like small groups of friends. I'd never had, didn't really have to like worry too much about social pressure uh -huh. during a lot of my formative years. It wasn't really until like middle school and high school. And I dealt with that and better and at that okay. point. I just, didn't talk to many people so i just never really had to deal with social pressure a lot growing up until i discovered the internet but I, <laughs> at that point i just i just didn't listen to any didn't listen to anyone on the internet when i first discovered it that's probably for the best <laughs> yeah it wasn't until like i'm gonna delve into this twitter thing i'm gonna start listening to people now this was a huge mistake <laughs> <laughs> oh but here you are yeah <laughs> Because you're cool. Uh, you know, we try around here at least a little bit. Now, uh, now I'm curious. Okay, so you're a military, you know, military family. What about, I assume you went to school with a lot of other military kids. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is, would you, what would you say as far as other uh, military kids? Are they actually, you know, kind of bucking the millennial socialist trend or are they kind of, or are a fair number of them kind of falling along with it? Like, when I've seen like military kids, they, they tend to go one or two paths. They kind of, one, follow closely to the parents or go full anarchy. <laughs> okay, so it's either, it's either like, yeah, okay, I see why we do things in the way we do them and that, and it makes sense, or I hate it. Screw you all. I'm doing yeah. everything the exact opposite. Okay. Yeah. Right. Like I seen, like I seen quite a few military kids become quasi conspiracy theorists. Like full on nine 11 truthers and that sort of thing. I have run into one who was like a full on nine 11 truther. And oh, it's funny. always, it was always a, joy to talk to him and just kind of funny to see where he went right it's like i was pretty sure the aliens told bush to knock down the world trade center because uh the illuminati were building an anti-alien laser gun underneath it and they had to be destroyed at any cost right yeah works makes, makes perfect sense <laughs> yeah yeah, I can spin me some conspiracy BS. <laughs> Not that I don't mind getting a little conspiratorial every now and then because it's gonna be fun. <laughs> yeah, like it's like I think one thing like people is like it's not bad to ask questions, but there's a big difference between asking a question and putting on a tinfoil hat. Yes, exactly. Like, like 
to not everyone is out to get you. Yeah, exactly. Or leaping on the first crazy explanation you find just because it's different than the official story. Yeah. Like sometimes the official story actually isn't BS. Yes. Sometimes it's right. Even if on occasion it's incomplete, that doesn't make it BS. Yeah. You know, like, of course, the whole, uh, oh my gosh, there's no way that fire could have gotten hot enough to, to melt iron. It doesn't need to melt it. It just needs to get hot enough to make it bend. Especially with work. Yes, even blacksmiths, they don't really melt iron for the most part. They just bend it. Exactly. It's like, geez, pull it up on YouTube. <laughs> yes, it's like there's like a million videos on how to do iron works. Exactly. You just you heat it up. I'm like, I could I could probably do it. I could probably do it myself. Go get a just get a little handheld blowtorch, find a random piece of iron rot, you know, wrought iron fence or something, heat that son of a bitch up. Obviously, I'm wearing the proper gloves. <laughs> and yeah. and just yeah, okay. See? Didn't have to melt it. This little blowtorch got hot enough to bend it. Stop. <laughs> but anyway, that sort of thing aside. So okay, so uh, the the military up, upbringing. So what would you say? How would you say that kind of helped you? You know, kind of see and think a little bit more clearly than uh, than your uh, generational brethren there. Well, I. <sighs> Let's see. I guess it, um, it it gave me both like a respect and a suspicion to authority because one I like because I was like as a young age I was kind of like ingrained with like respects to like the military mm -hmm. and just like authority in general but at the same time I it also just kind of instilled like a healthy like just kind of like why are they doing this like just like questioning to the to authority to the point where I'm like hey, I, I, okay I respect you but I just gotta know why. Right, and and that's completely reasonable to ask. Okay, so why are we, why are we doing this this way now? Or, you know, sometimes I'm sure, you know, I I don't know what is it that your that your parents did in the military, if you don't mind me. No, uh, my my dad was a tanker. Oh, sweet! He drove a tank. Yeah, he, yeah, he was in an M1 Abrams tank, and he has nice. told me both funny and terrifying stories of his time in the military. I am sure. I am sure, and I'm sure there are also times when you knew that. Some order or something comes through that you didn't get the, uh, you, you weren't getting the whole story. Yeah, like I was gonna say, like one funny story my dad tells me is that one time when he was like in Germany, mm -hmm. his driver lost control of the tank and ended up sliding, knocking the power line, cutting the power to an entire German village. Whoops. Yeah, my oh, dad, well. my dad, yeah, my dad would go say, like, those Donami. My dad would probably, my dad would then say, like, he would think the Germans are thinking those darn Americans are playing them tanks again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So it's a, is he still in? No, he's retired now. Oh, okay. Okay. That's, yeah. Doing the math there probably makes sense. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, that's he cool. Did, so he, did his, he did his time in the military and he's, he's done with that for right now. He's done. Did he like, do like a full 20 or? Yeah, I believe. Yeah, I believe he's oh, like wow. in 20, 21 years because like he's been in most of the modern Middle Eastern stuff. He's been like all over Europe. Wow, like, e almost every state in the Union. So he's got a lot of he's got a lot of stories he could tell, probably. Yeah. You know, honestly, if he was ever up for it, I'd love to actually have him on. And yeah, that's yeah, I I would love to have him on too, but that's not really his thing. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Just throw it out there because I bet you it would be it would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't. I was I was in the Navy for six years, but I don't really have any good stories really because I was in the Navy. Yeah, yeah, you're in a boat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're exactly. A boat in the middle of, of the ocean. <laughs> I was on an aircraft carrier. I was I wasn't going to be in any serious danger, most likely, unless someone wanted to start World War Three. <laughs> yeah. Got a little frisky, then then maybe maybe we have a problem. But otherwise, anyone, it I don't think there'd be any terrorist 
or small tin pot dictator, they'd be crazy enough to come after an aircraft carrier. Because even if you're successful, which is going to be pretty hard, you're going to get flattened. <laughs> yeah. Your, your, whole, your whole country is going to turn into a pile of rubble because we will not take that lightly. <laughs> nope. No, we would not. No, it, would, it would be be epic, that's for sure. Anyway. <laughs> um, the Navy, though, something did interesting happen in the Navy recently with the um, Russian destroyer almost hitting yeah. one of our ships. That was like, yes. what the heck was that about? The testing of the waters there. I think. Because I, I wasn't like in like the South China Sea. I don't know where that was. I didn't. I didn't really read the story. I just saw that there was a thing. Yeah, I knew that, I knew that like a Russian destroyer like almost rammed into one of our ships. And okay, it was like, it was a... and I saw like like I don't know if I ran, but I just looked. They almost collided because the video yeah. I saw they were like maybe several yards away from each other. Like you can like they could actually like wave to like see sailors on the on each other's ships. Oh gosh. Yeah, That's... it was. It was like could have been a massive disaster. Yeah, so I wonder because if if that was the South China Sea, that's scary because China's claiming that. Yeah, so like several other countries. Well, yeah, but China's actually doing something to claim it. China's actually been building those man-made islands and putting and putting weapons on them. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's more than just saying we think that's ours. That's saying no, 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 it's ours, and I dare you to try and claim it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of how territory works. But yeah, right. So if they've got uh, if they've got the Russians floating around in there doing, you know, apparently, po- you know, seeing seeing what happens when they give us a poke. Um. Let's just say that it starts to get my conspiratorial juices flowing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little crazy, but it is a lot crazy. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to be optimistic in saying that a lot of there were just drunk people on both ships, so it was I'm trying <laughs> accident. I'm trying to be optimistic with that. Because the alternative is, is possible. Because the alternative is not fun to think about. No, so somebody was somebody was poking and trying to uh, just see what would happen. That's what was going on there. The only question is why. Yeah. But then again, these sorts of pokings do happen from time to time, regardless. Yeah. yeah I, especially... I suspect the response is something that happens behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, like, um, don't do that again. You got me? <laughs> yeah, it's think just it's just something that because I think yeah, poking us has just been Russia's thing ever since the Soviet Union fell, since they aren't a superpower anymore. Yeah, it's, they have to like constantly try to say like, hey, we were once we were once mortal enemies. Remember yep. that? Yeah, let's do that again. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna fly some bombers kind of close to your stuff a little bit. Don't worry, it's just we we're just showing how tough we are kind of through our own people. So just, don't worry, we know that we don't stand a chance. So it's okay. Barring a yeah, nuclear strike. <laughs> yeah, the thing it's mainly the Russians they're just trying to puff out the chest a bit. Yeah, exactly. It's entirely possible. That's all it is. It's like, yep, remember, we're still here. Yeah, I got it, Vlad. You're still there. Good job. <laughs> Go stop being a dick in the Ukraine. <laughs> yeah. Just leave the Ukrainians alone. <laughs> So what? Now back to the topic at hand. What would you say could be done to restore sanity to the millennials? I I don't know if the millennials can be saved. I think we. I honestly kind of think millennials are a lost cause at this point. But I think like people really need to just turn their attention to Gen Z mm. and try and like help them along as much as they as much as possible. <laughs> so if this dumpster fire gets totally lit, we're gonna help you. We're gonna show you how to help. Put, you know, hopefully give you the tools to put it back together. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're saying. Um, yeah, because uh, the only thing is, yeah, leaving the millennials alone. Not much longer. They're gonna be in charge. Yeah, I know. That's why uh, this is a 
tricky situation because I yeah, it, it is because I do know that it's possible to have like millennials kind of like turn over and like realize that wait this doesn't make sense but it's few and far between it it, it is it is there aren't it doesn't seem to be a huge proportion of millennials and if it is it's always the younger ones it's always those that are uh, yeah that are in their mid-20s or or younger that seem to be have their heads screwed on a little straighter yeah 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 that and yes, fortunately, we've got Gen Z coming up, which has every one you know, to the right of Hillary Clinton knows is the most conservative generation for its age group that we've ever seen since we started paying attention to those things, which, let's face it, is essentially the boomers. So really not yeah. that long. Our, our sample size is actually pretty friggin' small. <laughs> but yeah, just but just being conservative, more conservative than millennials is a big step. Yeah, but also a low bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is true. It's a very, very low bar. So so you don't think that the government needs to, like, tell me whether or not I could buy a new toilet? Good, good. That's <laughs> You yeah, are more like, shorter than 97 millennials. <laughs> yeah, baby steps, baby yeah, steps. Exactly. exactly. That's one thing that I often wonder. It's like, what is our metric here? Because I do see a lot of Gen Zers and, like I said, uh, younger millennials that do have their heads screwed on more straight. But I also know there's a lot that aren't. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. There's a reason why there's a thing called young conservative Twitter and why everyone hates it. <laughs> yeah, young conservative Twitter is interesting. Uh, it's that, that's when you get that, that's when you get really into like. And, and I don't know. Would you include the libertarians in that kind of block or no? For simplicity's sake, I do. Okay. Because, like, like, especially because like, it's almost like three main factions. I've noticed the uh, the like Shapiro, the people who like watch Shapiro all the time, uh-huh. and take away the long the long lessons from him. Like <laughs> they just think it's all about owning the libs. Right, and I like Shapiro, but but I like I like Shapiro, but there's a lot of people who like watch him, but take away the long stuff from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are the people who read one philosophy book and think they're smarter than everyone else, including Ben Shapiro, which is incredibly annoying. Basically, the people who've read like uh, Hayek. <laughs> yeah, like they've read like they're a, in a Hayek book or a Bastiat, and I'm good to go. <laughs> Yeah, and then there are the libertarians, which are always their own interesting crowd. Always, yeah, they've they've read two or three books. Yeah, and depending on the kind of libertarian uh, you're talking to, they either are they either are still pretty, like still uh, patriotic Americans, just like uh, we've gotten so dang far away from the Constitution, it's ridiculous, or yeah. um, weed. Or or or, or they read two books. Once once Hayek and once Howard Zinn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, from what I've seen, those are like the main, I guess, like factions, quote unquote, mm-hmm. of young conservative Twitter, and they all hate each other. There are there is a lot of that, and um, as as I mentioned, you know, and as, as I mentioned, hinted at a little bit off off air, um, some of the the Twitter discussions. Following uh, the last episode, it's like, oh, okay. There are just as many. Basically, the even the evangelical world is about as is about as argumentative with each other, about as at each other's throats as as the libertarians. I was like, wow. <laughs> I was like, I know you guys could get could get feisty, but you're yeah, you're as bad as libertarians. <laughs> <laughs> It's like okay, well, hey, here we are. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. It, it's fine because you know if there's anything I do like, though, I do like that there are that there are the discussions, that there are these fights over principles. I think so long as we can remember that everyone is still, still remember we're talking to people at the end of the day, and not just abstractions. I think these debates can wind up being fruitful because if you're treating it as a debate and not a, I'm going to own you sort of thing, then you're sharpening each other's arguments. 
and maybe win yeah. a few people over in the process. I don't know. But as I say, iron sharpens iron. And that means there's got to be some friction in there to do the sharpening. And so at the end of the day, I'm totally okay with that. Um, if anything, I plan on I plan on having actually, and, and I hope he's still open to it after the uh, crap uh, after the crap that he got last time is actually having him on to discuss some of those, some of those differences between the evangelical and Catholic world because they are definitely there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's fine. At the same time, hey, you know, there's also there's also a lot in common, so. But now we're kind of, we're kind of wrapping up on time. We didn't even get a chance to talk too much about uh, about uh, your Jewish faith, which it could be a, its whole whole own separate episode, actually. <laughs> yeah, because it has been a journey on how somehow someone born in Germany to a like Christian family mm-hmm. became Jewish. Yes, yes, and I think that would be a very interesting story to delve into uh, sometime in the future because, again, it's not a typical thing. That's for certain. That, that, yeah. That's for certain. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Judaism isn't really known for its converts. No, no, it isn't. And uh, you know, as Shapiro points out, it's like we don't really go searching for them because this crap ain't easy. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, if you want to come in, sure, but. You wait out there for a while. <laughs> yeah, that, that that was like when I like started reaching out to um like people, my Jews. I know that's like what they also kind of told me. <laughs> I did they provide me resources like with resources and stuff, but they was like kind of like, are you sure about this? Honestly, that's sort of the approach I take. I, I take a similar approach with when it comes to talk to people about Catholicism. It's like, look. This crap ain't easy. And yeah, do I think everyone should be? Yeah, absolutely. But you should also really know what you're getting into. <laughs> you know, yeah. make sure you know what you're getting into before you sign on the dotted line. I mean, I, 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 I also am a convert. So I spent a lot of time reading and everything and arguing long before I signed on the dotted line because I wanted to know what I was getting into. And yeah, I strongly recommend that. <laughs> To anybody looking at anything, any don't take the first different perspective that comes along. Uh, just because it's different than the perspective or the information or whatever it is that you have right now or what you've been taught, doesn't make it right. Make sure you explore it. Make like you said, uh, you read a lot of history. You know, spend the time, spend the time reading, spend the time discussing before you uh, jettison whatever it was you were told. And before you run into something new, regardless of what it is, I, I, I don't care what it is, <laughs> whether, yeah. it's, whether it's your view, it could often be, be your view of history. It could be your view of a, a particular scientific uh, theory or accomplishment. It could, it could be religion, it could be philosophy, it could be uh, this is really how cars work, <laughs> you know, uh, anything like that. Because I think if there's anything that I've seen that annoys the ever living crap out of me, it's the notion that just because it's different than I've been told, it's right. And the idea that, and this is that critical thinking amounts to nothing more than looking at whatever your parents and grandparents taught you and kicking it to the curb. Yeah. And I think that's like one of the major things that millennials at large have done is that, Hey, this is different than when I was told. So I'm going to follow it. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And I, I've seen that happen with people that I know. Uh, yeah, there's there's a friend of mine that I kind of use as his example a lot, and he uh, he used to be like diehard non-denom evangelical uh, Christian, and then there were a number of factors, but one of them was he discovered that oh gosh, even on the uh, on the uh, on the church council or whatever, there's jerks there. <laughs> It's like, yeah, no kidding, dude. So then he's, you know, so that kind of started a whole process where he's like, well, nope, that's that's this thing that I used to believe is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. And now he worships Thor. Thor? He, went, he went from that to atheism to like hardcore Milton atheist to now like Norse pagan. I'm like, huh? Okay. Okay. That, that is an interesting 
timeline. It is. It is. And I've talked, I've talked to him a little bit about it, uh, but it's just kind of like you see these total flips and flops in, in different directions. And a lot of it, it comes from just, Oh, this is different than what I've heard. And you kind of let, you kind of latch onto it. It's interesting to say the least. And you get the same sort of thing with people who go, Oh, well, um, I grew up in a, in a country with a capitalist economy. Now we hear about socialism. That must be the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know, um, it's different. So it must be good. Yep. Or you get like the, um, for crying out loud, the fact that they're flat earthers. Are you joking? Uh, yeah. yeah. The fact that they still, I don't see, I'm actually grateful they exist because they bring some brevity to Twitter. <laughs> like all, like it's always hilarious when when I run into one in the wild on Twitter. <laughs> one in the wild, I like it. <laughs> it's like it's like, wait, you're real? Oh my God, like, you must be preserved. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I feel like I should take a picture and mark this occasion. You're not a because yes, it's it's always just so amazing when you run into a flat earther. You know, I, I've never gotten into discussion with one at all. Thank goodness. Um, but it's got to be entertaining. The, uh, but you know, and there's others like the the moon landing didn't happen. You hear a couple of random facts that seem shady at first, and it's like, oh. so you go down that rabbit hole. And if you never actually look at a counter argument and just steep yourself in in what these guys are saying, then yeah, it starts to seem rational. Yeah, like actually, like I know someone who like believed the moon is fake, and her whole reason was that in the clip that you, when you're like while watching the the footage, there's a green dot that appears up, so that means it's a green screen. Wow, Some solid logic there. Yeah, like, and I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure the green screen was invented after the moon landing. Right. Well, that's what they want you to think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what that's that's yeah, that's what they want me to think. I've heard other things like, like uh, the way the shadows are on the on the rocks or the, um, it's like the flag looks like it's in the blowing in the wind. There's no wind on the moon. I'm like, um, yeah, it's molded, you dummy. <laughs> yeah, and also like it's proven that even in a vacuum, if it's moving, it's going to move. And when they're like getting it set up, it was it was moving, so it's going to kind of constantly move. Well, yeah, obviously, there's I mean, nothing so, to stop it. So there is still gravity at play. <laughs> so, oh, I've, I've someone actually told me that that gravity isn't that there is no gravity on the moon. Wait, what now? That good that. The same person who told me that the moon lane is fake because this tiny green dot appears on the footage, so that's a green screen, told me that gravity, there is zero gravity on the moon. I have actually, I actually got into like a very, very heated debate with that person. We we are way off track, but this this is an interesting rabbit trail. How clearly this person doesn't understand mass. At all. Yeah. If it has mass, <laughs> the whole line of reason was that it's not Earth. Gravity, Earth is on, like Earth has gravity, but outside of Earth, it doesn't have gravity because I think she remember said something about because the Moon has no atmosphere. What? It was That's bizarre. It was, works. <laughs> it was the most bizarre thing I've ever heard in my life. Wow. Again, our modern educational system at work. Beautiful. Oh, oh, my head hurts. I want to drink. <laughs> uh, me, after after bringing that up, yeah, I kind of want to. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. no. Right, well, you know, I'm both sad and entertained by the fact that they use, that people like that exist because <laughs> I guess we can all feel better about ourselves. Yeah, at least we're not that person. (laughs) Yeah, that's not really how I want to go through life, but, you know, what is. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so, Varric, thanks a lot lot for coming on, man. Yeah, it was great. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, it was a a really good discussion. We'll we'll have to have you come on to talk to you about uh, converting to Judaism and how that all came about and everything. I would love to get into that because... Oh, yeah, that is actually quite a long step. 
yeah, yeah. that's quite a long story to get into. Okay. Yeah, cool. Because um, one of my favorite things to discuss is actually religion. There's just still a few people that can uh, hold a serious conversation about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, again, thank you for uh, tuning in, everybody who, who watched, everybody who watches later. And thanks again to Varric. And again, I am going to be off for two weeks. But worry not. Uh, my adopted sister, Crystal, will be here with my adopted crazy cousin, Red, to talk about whatever it is those ladies plan on talking about. And then I will be, uh, then I'll be back to assert my patriarchy and reclaim that mic <laughs> and uh, get back get back to uh, whatever it is that we decide is business as usual at that point. <laughs> so until then, uh, enjoy the enjoy our guest host Red and keep fighting the good fight.